0: This episode is brought to you by Major Spoilers VIP members. VIP stands for very important people, and their small monthly contributions ensure that this podcast remains free for all of you. If you would like to become a bronze, silver, or gold VIP member, go to members.majorspoilers.com for more information. I sure do thank you
1: for your support. Now, here's your show. Do you hear me now? If I answer, you'll know the answer. This week on Dueling Review, we review Symmetry No. 1, published by Image Comics, written by Matt Hawkins, art by Raphael Ienco. Utopia is here! Hunger, sickness, work, all relics of a long-forgotten past.
0: For the greater good of the human species, all individuality, creativity, and negative emotions have been genetically bred out and medically suppressed.
1: The population is limited to segregated areas where people lead long lives of leisure, games, and socializing.
0: Only one man and one woman seem to notice, care, or think differently.
1: Once they find each other, their relationship sparks a revolution. But will their love cause the salvation or destruction of mankind?
0: Hey everyone, welcome to Dueling Reviews. Steven Schlager, Matthew Peterson here once again.
1: Hello. Right. We are here to do a show. We
0: are here to do a show, and Matthew, I got to tell you, yes, if 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 you read the solicitation for this uh, comic before you uh-huh. read the comic, it you will know make more you,
1: about the comic.
0: It will make you a lot less angry. Well, because I... as we read the first page of mm-hmm. the book, it's telling you what this history has has evolved into. Right. Um. Artificial
1: intelligence became ubiquitous. Humanity was confronted with a choice.
0: Yes, but the thing that they, uh, everything that they put in there is basically Mm -hmm. all diversity has been, you know, ambition, diversity, creativity, and instruments of capital are eliminated for the greater good. And then the first thing you see, society of white people. Yes. And I was like, oh. This that, book had so much going for it, and now it's a society of white people.
1: They're, they're making a point. Yes. I, I, I won't necessarily say that it's a, a great point or a bad point, but it's an intentional point, especially when we get to the end of the issue, which we'll get to
0: in a bit. Right. And, that, and to be honest, if you don't know what the book is about going into it. And you Mm -hmm. read that diversity has been eliminated. And then all you see is white people, blonde white people, dark haired white people, white Mm -hmm. people, white people, white people. And then you're learning about the history of this world, this symmetry that's been created. Mm -hmm. It makes me angrier and angrier and angrier until we get to the last page where there is a big reveal. And I was like, oh, now this changes everything.
1: Right. It's. I mean, it's supposed to be, I think, a a, a utopia that's actually – utopian and not the dystopian future of your Hunger Games or Mm -hmm. your your Maze Runners or your Logan's Runners. But I think that in creating the utopia the way they did, they actually made the utopia kind of feel like a dystopia.
0: Maybe to an extent. There's a really – I wish after I read the back matter from Matt Mm -hmm. Hawkins on – What he did to create this world of utopia and how his research into what a utopian society was about, how it switched him from like a a right wing uh, Christian into a left wing atheist is fascinating. And then he goes into, okay, if I'm going to create a utopian society, what are the four things that I would get rid of to make it utopian? And it's a very I mean, more and more lately, the back matter stuff, the letters, pages and columns were always just I don't really care about any of that but yeah. in the last probably like 3 years i've really started enjoying that because it does give us that inside peek that look at what's going on inside the mind of the creator and it makes doesn't i want to don't want to say it makes sense all the time but it certainly puts you in the perspective where the writer or the artist or the people are coming from in right. creating this book and in this book you're right he is a utopian society has been created run by robots you've got a, a, a implant in your brain from the day you're born That uh, communicates with you and syncs you up with everyone else.
1: Yeah. Handles your brain. And in a sense,
0: in a sense, it creates this dystopian society because people are suppressed.
1: Yeah. The um, the whole point here is that this utopia screwed up when they eliminated ambition, when they eliminated creativity, when Mm -hmm. they eliminated diversity or when in this case they separated. Right. Diversity seemingly. And I I get where you're going. And you know, looking at the back matter and looking at the amount of thought that he put into this and the amount of research he did really does give it a subtext that I appreciate mm-hmm. because it's something that you might not bring with you coming into the comic, just walking in cold. Right. And we all we all have an expectation of the, the Katniss Everdeen world. Mm-hmm. This is not that this not is quite. something entirely yeah. different where, although at, there are bits here that kind of remind me of Snowpiercer, mm-hmm. only only not as um, inexplicable. There, not I as mean, there are, <laughs> there are definitely overtones <laughs> of, of stories here. There are things yeah. Here yeah. Oh, that yeah, are yeah. designed There's... specifically to remind you of those other. stories. Well, th-
0: you know, in this utopian society from the day you're born, you are essentially not identified by gender or name. Uh, Even though you may be born male, you are not uh, You're gender, gender neutral. And then uh, for 13 years, you are or for two years, you're left around your mother and your family and whatnot. And then after that, you're taken to a school where until the age of 13, you are schooled and trained and brainwashed into this uh, society. And then at age 13, you can decide whether you want to identify as a male or female. And if you want a sex change, you can get a sex change. And uh, then when you're 18, you're an adult. And you get to go out into the world and do different things until you reach the age of 50, at which point you become an elder. And in between the age of 18 and 50, you're supposed to be getting it on and, and procreating. And then at, at 50, you are um, named an elder and you're given a look at, at uh, what's really going on in the society. And then as part of your service, then as an elder, you become a... Um, um, You are let in to the things that are going on. And I find that very, very fascinating that they have all this stuff lined up. And again, Matt Hawkins has really created this world. And then we're getting told all this through a flashback of a kid named uh, Michael. Right. And all of this is sparked by the death of his older brother, Matthew. And we see how this all comes crumbling down when they go to a mountain resort, apparently in this utopia where you don't really work and you don't have to want for anything. You're still encouraged to take 16 weeks of vacation each year,
1: Right, which basically spend a third of the year somewhere fun doing something. Yes.
0: Go off and
1: look at flowers and sleep with girls and ski at which totally
0: Logan's run it for me. I was like, run a hundred
1: yard dash and then fish.
0: Hey, young, beautiful people, go get it on and do get it on things.
1: Well, and that, I mean, that is, I think, an overarching need of any population.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, sure. If you want to maintain population.
1: Right. And I think it's it's telling that that is one of the primary things to do. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you look at this issue, the things that they do. What do they do? They go off. They have fun. They play games. At one point, he's like, oh, uh, wow, I'm really excited to do this. And the computer's like, would you like me to replay your dream from last night? (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah, 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 yeah.
1: So he gets to watch his awesome dream while the robots do all the work. The robots make all the the food. The robots provide everything. At one point, he gets a drink snatched out of his hand because it's not optimized for his current nutritional needs.
0: Yep. And then a disaster happens. There's a, a solar flare. That mm-hmm. uh, hits the earth and knocks out one of their giant solar stations that provides energy for the planet and an, yep. an electromagnetic pulse. I don't know if it's all the way across the uh, the planet, although a, an EMP that large probably would be across the planet. So it's mm-hmm. remarkable that because this is told via flashback that society is able to recover from an EMP burst like that so quickly. Um, mm-hmm. But it happens and he sees people die for the first time and sees people suffer for the first time. And he sees that there's people who have different colored skin than him for the
1: first time. Mm-hmm. And that is a the ship real full of strangers crashes into their little utopia.
0: Well, is it yeah. a ship full of strangers? Uh, I mean, is it a ship full of strangers or it just, uh, he, uh, this ship crashes and in a mm-hmm. restricted area, he finds, um, oh. this, this black woman, and this is the one that he's going right. to fall in love with as the as the book goes on. So when right. we hit because that, they final, tell us
1: that on the cover.
0: Right. <laughs> uh, yes. And she is there on the cover. Um, mm-hmm. But man, for, up until that point, I was like, what is going on? Why am I so angry about this? And then at the end, it's like, oh, now I want to see how this society screwed up, how the symmetry was created and screwed it up for everyone. So from the story side. Right. from a first chapter for me, very interesting.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I think that it's very, it's something that you can really delve into when you look at what they keep referring to as the four pillars of their community. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You look at the things the community is built on and you look at the the things that the community made sure to stamp out. Mm -hmm. So there's no money. Right. And nobody is allowed to go off and be creative and somehow raise their personal status. Right. You're programmed from the very youngest age to just be a drone like everyone else. And that actually comes to play. When we see Michael choose his name, he wants to be like his big brother. Mm-hmm. Who's just like everybody else. Number 12 looks just like you.
0: Johnny five is alive. There's a
1: lot. <laughs> no, that's a different thing. Oh, okay. But the... remember the robots were knocked out. Oh, that's right. No disassemble. But yeah, there's a lot of subtext here. And there's a lot of things that you kind of hope to see. Mm-hmm. I think the the one concern that I have. Yes. And this is a concern from my perspective, is well, I want to say maybe five or six years ago now. Yeah. We got a, a, a book called Saga. Mm-hmm. And Saga is basically two people. From different worlds realizing that both worlds are screwed up coming together and trying to build a life. Well, that's and I'm that's, worried
0: that's the same in any book. Look at look at Katniss as you're talking about. She and the others realize yeah. that there's something different. Look at the scorched earth trials, look at, you know, all these things that are basically I'm that worried same
1: that way. That readers that people are going to somehow look at this and see the parallels and go, not gonna read that. That's just an and it's well it's not.
0: There's something the to be same. said about tropes. There's something to be said about why does this feel like Logan's run? Why does this feel like the island? Why does this feel like fill in the blank?
1: Because
0: because we're looking at this from a from a different viewpoint. And hopefully, as we've seen since, you know, I don't know, you and I, since Logan's run, maybe (laughs) other (laughs) tales before that,
1: that. um, maybe going all the way back to silent green,
0: we are being slowly conditioned that utopian societies as perfect as they may be are not perfect and they're bad. Maybe, Utopia we all, bad maybe we all need to get into this mindset that when someone says we're going to create a utopian society that we don't go along like mindless sheeple
1: if you say sheeple again sheeple, i'm sheeple leaving the show sheeple. bye <laughs> have a good half hour
0: um So maybe, I mean, maybe that is that maybe that's the reason why we get a lot of these stories that are very similar to one another. I mean, very much like when we're given a dystopian future, why we sit there and go, oh, why does everything have to be horrible and dark and bleak? And these two people find each other and find a way to make it better. You know, it's it's kind of the same way. It's the two sides of a coin.
1: I think for me, though, and it, it may be telling the way I look at things and the way the universe looks to me, a world without creativity Mm -hmm. a world without you know some sort of special personal diversity on everyone's part feels like a dystopia regardless
0: yeah a world
1: where you know everyone is is programmed to be exactly the same and it's
0: yeah, Matt Hawkins <laughs> says in the back matter that the creativity was the hardest one for him to qualify and accept, but it makes sense if you think about it. So he first defines creativity from Wikipedia, and then he says, so the problem with creativity is that it changes things. Change creates haves and haves-nots. I realize this is a bit extreme, but that's the point. It's also part of the sacrifice. What are we willing to give up? And then he gives some other links to diversity as the mother of creativity, how diversity can drive innovation, how – um, diversity makes us smarter, those kinds of things. Um, right. which is, which is very, very, I mean, it's, it's interesting that he picked those four and they well, do have, uh, apparently you, uh, there's a, a utopian builder that you can go and do at right. C, uh, sharp press, slash utopia.html where you get to right. design your own ut- utopia
1: and you, you get to decide what you leave out. I'm leaving out baby turtles.
0: Oh come on now! Everybody loves baby turtles. Bastards eating up all of my food. No, they don't do that. Those are rats, Matthew. Those are rats.
1: We need rats in a utopia. <laughs> no. Who's going to eat the filth?
0: Uh, the robots.
1: The robots. Yep. What are they powered by? Beer. Um, my some some of them robot might be. brain needs beer.
0: Some of them might be. What did you think of it? So it's a it's a pretty complex tale. What did you think of the art?
1: I really kind of dug the art, and I love the fact that there is a tiny bit of what I refer to as stunt casting.
0: Mm-hmm. Because man, the lead actor looks a lot like Chris Pine.
1: Doesn't he, though? The lead actor looks like Chris Pine, and his big brother looks vaguely familiar, but it's not something that's overwhelming, like, you know, I don't know, the Tommy Lee Jones tracings that we mm-hmm. saw in Thunderbolts 10 years mm-hmm. ago. Mm-hmm. But there's also real thought put into things that you don't, they don't tell you at first, but you can see from the art when we see, you know, pre-Matthew being born and we see his, his life or Michael going through his life, you see all these kids and it it is clear and it makes a point through the art that the kids are all a gender until they choose. And we're like, oh, well, that's, oh, that's, oh. You know, it's really well put together. It's really solid on the art side. The action sequence at the beginning is amazing. Yeah. The only thing that I even question a little bit, and I understand it because I feel like it's a reference maybe to 1984, is the cleavage windows that all of the women have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The 18 to 55-year-old women who are trying, you know, to spend as much time as possible going on resorts and mm-hmm. boinking, basically. Can we say boinking? Sure. Okay. So yeah, that, and and again, that's a moment where I'm like, oh, that reminds me of Julia from 1984. Mm -hmm. So again, it's another, although a reference to a dystopia, another future story in play that can help to add some texture and add some different reads to what happens in here. Yeah. I can see the technology. Yeah. Looks fabulous.
0: Yeah. The technology looks really cool. I mean, um, yeah, it's very cool. I guess my problem, and I like the art too. I was a little bit disturbed about how people are starting to look like either young um, Val Kilmers or Chris Pines and, and that kind of stuff.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But uh, there are many panels where everything looks very stiff, almost robotic, uh, as far as how the people are posed and, and those kinds of things. And it's just like it doesn't look natural. It kind of like last week where we said that, you know, action needs to be at the extremes in order for it to, to work right. And. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of times where it's just like, this doesn't feel, this feels stiff and unnatural to me.
1: You get into some uncanny valley with the body.
0: Yeah, maybe that's it. And and I, I don't know, but I mean, I like the art, but I'm, I'm kind of, I, I have a lot more problems with it than perhaps you do.
1: I didn't necessarily feel a stiffness. No, I felt supposedness, which to me feels a little different. But that is, you know, I think that's a matter of when we take the the cinematography language that we use and we say you know that looking at the page our perspective is the camera and this is a wide shot and this is a tight shot i think that's a matter of maybe wanting to overstage your imaginary actors that saying when you when you draw the people you have a very specific kind of a tableau in your mind that you want to make sure gets across and sometimes that can you know if you actually look at some of the ancient art that is, you know, the gorgeous art of these bygone eras. It feels hyperposed. It feels a little weird, a little stiff, a little strange and unearthly. So is that an intentional move on the part of, of, of Ian I don't know, but that's the way I read it. That's the mm. way it felt. To,
0: to, uh, to be honest, it felt like this was a 3D program that mm-hmm. he posed everybody with, and it didn't look right. Especially the last page where he's holding her. And yeah. and his arm is under her shoulders and he's holding her up and she's passed out. Right. Why is her head looking straight up? It should be, you know, lean back lolling, and lolling, lolling back. Yes. And if you wanted to hold it a better, his hand should be under her neck or head to support it in that way. So it, I, I don't know. There's some like I said, there's some posery stiffness that bothers yeah. me. But overall, I thought, thought it was it, it's a it's a pretty issue to look at.
1: You can see that. And and Elder Sharon on that last page Looks remarkably composed and calm for a woman whose world just got smashed from above.
0: Well, uh, true, but also as and an elder,
1: judgy. A, as judgy, an elder, judgy.
0: Yeah, as an elder, she also knows that uh, people of different races exist.
1: Yeah. does
0: she? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it said she? somewhere. It said somewhere in the book that you know That's at in the a restricted age restricted area. Yeah, um, or maybe it's in the after the aftermatter, the back matter, where they talk about it. So. Yeah. Um, Overall, for me, I found this an interesting book. I think it is going to uh, be a trigger for a lot of people to uh, get upset and angry. Um, But I kind of want to see where all of this goes, because I think there's maybe something more in the book than what we're led to believe. Now, we were given Matt Hawkins did send us unlettered previews of the next two issues Mm -hmm. and. I kind of glanced at it really quickly because all it is is the raw art and TIFF format and all this stuff. So it's it's not even, you know, um, assembled in a PDF or book for us to to quickly look at. Right. But there's a scene in one of the upcoming issues that feels very much like what happens when you're kicked out of uh, dun, dun. Utopia from Logan's Run? How do you survive dun, dun. after that? So Sanctuary. Yeah, sanctuary. So for me, mm, uh, I, I say give this book a chance but it may not make you happy.
1: Yeah, it's definitely not a story that's going to be for everybody. And I think that if you if you do look at the fact that this is an entirely homogenous cast, you have to take into account that last page reveal
0: mm-hmm.
1: of what's going on. And that, that explanation on that last page should tell us that hey, maybe there's something else going on. Maybe mm-hmm. there's some things that we can give them a shot. And it's, it's definitely a book with something to say. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know entirely what that thing to say. Oh, excuse me, I had a hiccup there. Exactly what that thing to say is. Yeah. But based on this issue, I'm definitely willing to give it Three to six to try and get get me really fully engaged and figure out what that is.
0: It is a limited, so it'll be done in six.
1: So it's done in six. I'm oh, pretty sure. Well, I thought this was an ongoing.
0: I don't think it's ongoing. I'm pretty sure it's done in six. Most of the stuff well, from image. Most of the stuff from image is limited, and at least in its initial run,
1: you're done in six.
0: Sometimes I may be. Sometimes I may be. So for you, is it uh, yes, no?
1: Yes. Okay. But be aware that there's there's some troubling stuff in here. There's some stuff that's thought provoking, and it may not be thought provoking in a way that is entirely pleasant. So. Okay.
0: Cool. All right. Let us take a look at books coming out in the uh, in next in the next week from Dark Horse next Comics. Week. We have Avatar: The Last Airbender trade paperback, volume eleven, Smoke and Shadow, part two. BPRD: oh, Hell on Earth number one thirty eight. Uh, Deathhead number five. Eve Valkyrie. Valkyrie number three. Uh, Plants wow. vs. Zombies, ongoing number seven. Petal to the Metal. <laughs> and Steam Man, number three. Over Steam. at DC Comics, we've got uh, Batgirl 46, Batman and Robin Eternal, number 11, Batman Europa, number two. Clean Room, no, number that's three. That's
1: not Europa, that's a my rope.
0: <laughs> it's a Hollow Earth theory. Uh, Harley Quinn, number 23, Justice League, number 46, Justice League United, hardcover, volume two, and Lucifer, number one. That's a Vertigo comic. And then we also have Secret Six number nine, Teen Titans Go number thirteen, and we are Robin number seven, part of the Robin War. Then we oh also, if you are into those new big um, Batman the Animated Series figures, the the really big ones, the six inch figures, uh, Batman Animated Series Killer Croc with baby doll action figure. Then there's a Mask of the Phantasm two pack uh, that you might want to go check out, but those are expensive in the twenty five to forty five dollar range. So uh, be aware of that. IDW Publishing has Dungeons and Dragons: Legend of Drizzt pa- trade paperback, Volume Three. A lot of trade paperbacks. Judge Dread ongoing, Number One from IDW. Let's see: Pinocchio Vampire Slayer and the Vampire Zoo. I think that's a one-shot. Uh, Popeye Classics ongoing, Number Forty-One. Starfleet Academy Number One. Uncle Scrooge Number Nine, and a few more from IDW. Image Comics has Astronauts in Trouble Number Seven, Beauty Number Five. Descender, number eight. Huck, number two. Sex, number 26. wonder if uh, that... Never mind, I was going to say something horrible. Uh, (laughs) Tithe, number seven. Tokyo Ghost, number four. And Wicked and Divine, number 17. Marvel Comics has the all-new Inhumans, number two. All-new X-Men, number two. Amazing Spider-Man, 1.1. For whatever reason. Howard the Duck, number one.
1: <laughs> because Marvel loves that point one thing and they're going to ride it into the ground. I guess.
0: Illuminati, number two. Kanan, number nine. Uh, Darth Vader, what is it? Darth Vader Annual, number one. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Modoc Assassins, trade paperback. Ms. Marvel, number two. Silk, number two. Squadron Supreme, number one. Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, number three. Squirrel Weird World, Girl. number one. In all of the rest, there's a lot of all the rest next week. Let's see, Attack on Titan, graphic novel number 17, for those of you that are Attack on Titan fans. Big Trouble in Little China, number 19. Bloody Cross graphic novel, number 9. That's a mature readers, just in case you didn't get it from the title. Is that related to Cross? No, uh, I think it's one of them uh, anime mangas that people are all talking about.
1: Oh, anime mangas. You know anime
0: mangas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, (laughs) Cops for Criminals, number 2. Oh, speaking of cross uh, Matthew, Cross Badlands number 91 comes out. <gasps> it has an art deco cover, a C-Day worldwide cover. I don't know what C uh, Day is. Uh Metal Cross Day. Main cover, torture cover, and a rap cover. And then if that's not enough, you also have Crossed Plus 100, number twelve that features a mature readers cover, American History X rap cover, uh Crossed Wires cover, a disa- uh dis what does that say? Yeah, it is say disastered cover. Horrific homage cover. And Wishful Fiction Cover.
1: Horrific Homage is my <laughs> Horrific <wrestling>
0: Homage. <laughs> uh,
1: I am the Horrific Homage.
0: Let's see. We also have Doctor 2, the 10th Doctor, or Doctor Who, not Doctor 2. Doctor, doctor 2, Who, the 10th Doctor. The 10th uh, Doctor Hardcover, Volume 3. Uh, let's see. What else do we have? Fairy Tales, uh, Fairy Tale Graphic Novel, Volume 1. Grimm's Fairy Tale, Coven number five, Grim Fairy Tale, Wonderland number 42, Gold Digger, 227 with Jack Gay. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know if any of our listeners will ever get that. Klaus number two. Oh, that's the continuing adventures of Klaus. the Santa Claus.
1: Santa Claus
0: is coming. Santa Claus is coming and he's pissed off. Beware, everyone. Lumberjanes number 21. He's <laughs> it's a creep. Um Let's see, what else do we have? Simpsons Comics Chaos Trade Paperback, Spire No. 1 and Spire No. 5, Super Zero No. 1, and a whole lot more. That's just a sample of some of the books coming out next week at your local comic book store.
1: At your library.
0: Next week on Dueling Reviews...
1: Mm, Starkfleet Academy.
0: Star Trek Starfleet Academy number one, a bold new chapter for Star Trek begins here in an all new series that shows you what life is like for cadets at the galaxy's greatest school. Witness the students, the student days of the iconic cast before they join the Enterprise, immediately before the blockbuster 2009 film. Plus, meet an all new group of students as they embark on a bold new adventure of their own.
1: So have think they been trying to make this movie since, like, the
0: 80s? (laughs) Probably. Thank you so much for downloading and listening, everyone. And thank you for supporting everything that we do at Majorspoilers.com. And you can continue to support us by becoming a very important patron at members.majorspoilers.com. Your contribution allows us to keep this show going, pay for our growing costs, and gives us the motivation to produce more content for you, with you, and sometimes by you.
1: Thank (laughs) you so much. at you.
0: (laughs) Thank you so much for checking out Dueling Review. And we'll talk with you next time when you're going to hear Matthew say...
1: Hong Kong Phooey. Number one super guy.
0: This podcast is copyright 2015 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.